Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with Erin Chase, the founder of $5dinners.com, author of the $5 Dinner Mom Cookbook series. Her blog is the original home of the 20 Meals for 150 Meal Plan series. She works hard to keep up with the countless meals and snacks that she needs to serve to keep her four young boys going strong. She lives in San Antonio, Texas with her husband, four boys, and furry boy dog. Erin is also one of the co-founders of Digital Collab, a network of web professionals looking to grow their influence and income in the digital space. She is known as someone who is great, awesome at creating systems. So we're going to look at how to create systems to get stuff done and grow your blog blogging business that's what we're gonna be talking about today that was a mouthful Erin how you doing Woo! I'm exhausted after hearing that wow thank you <laughs> I'm exhausted after reading all of that that's good stuff though how everything all right I'm so glad to have you on this podcast today we met we met um at at your conferences Yes, yes, we sure have. And I'm excited to get to be here. Thank you. Definitely. And you do. You guys do a lot of great stuff. You know, okay, so $5dinners.com. When you say $5 dinners, I just got to know this. Is this, you know, $5 per person? This is $5 for an entire family? What is going on there? So that's by far the most popular question I always get. And it's <laughs> by family. Um, I started $5 dinners six and a half years ago now. Uh-huh. Oh, my word. Um and at that time, we were a family of four. Now we're a family of six. And so it is a little bit harder um, to squeeze in a meal for all of us for five bucks. But um, it's totally possible. You have to be really creative with, you know, how you're planning your meals and, you know, when and how you're using coupons. I think for me, you know, now that our family's a little bit bigger, it's not so much about hitting the $5 price point, although that is still always my goal. Uh-huh. It's just about helping people spend less money on groceries while still eating really tasty meals um, that your family's going to enjoy. Okay, you say really tasty meals, which is great, but are these, you know, relatively healthy or is it, you know, we slap some McDonald's together or something of that sort? Um, oh my goodness. So I've, my, I have four kids and two of my children have been to McDonald's ever in their entire life. One time. Are you serious? Seriously. Wow. And the, the one time that we went, um, my older son, who would have been four at uh-huh. the time, maybe somewhere around there, he chewed up the chicken nuggets 
and he spit them out. No, he would have been closer to five because I was pregnant and I had a craving for McDonald's and that's why we went. Uh, and so I got them a kid's meal. He chewed up the, he chewed this chicken nuggets and spit them out. You know, he did eat a few of the fries though. So yeah, we're just not a big McDonald's fans. And part of the reason, going back to your original question of yes, they're healthy because we deal with food allergies. So uh, I can't just buy a box of hamburger helper and make it because it has milk. Some of them have milk in the mix, in the powdered mix, right? Yeah. I can't buy a, a box or a, a packet of ranch dressing mix because it has milk, dried milk in it. And we have a milk allergy, egg, and uh, I suspect a tree nut allergy, although I haven't had the youngest tested. So yeah, we. I have to, I, my cooking philosophy is very kind of from scratch. I make my own cream of mushroom soup or cream of chicken soup. Um, that's just how I roll. It's actually cheaper that way too. Really? So, because I, I find, and this is so not a podcast about health and nutrition or anything of that <laughs> sort, but, you know, I hear these things and I, I think to myself, you know, I go to the grocery store and I, I, we try to eat very healthy. Um, and when I see stuff that's healthy, um, it's usually much more expensive than stuff that's, you know, just, you know, full of um, additives and all that kind of stuff. Uh, how I, 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 okay, you just got to tell me, how is that even possible? So I think there's a balance, right? So I'm certainly not a purist by any means, uh-huh. but my goal is always to save as much money as possible on groceries. So it could be that I, and it, this is the case, that I have not paid for toothpaste, razors, deodorant in years because you can get those things free using different methods and strategies from either the grocery store or the drug stores that are around all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so then if I'm not pay- if I'm not spending that 10 or 15 dollars on those items, you know, once a month or every 8 weeks or whatever, then I can use that money that I would have spent on those things for fresh produce or you know, organic meat if we chose to have organic meat or whatever. So I think there's a balance there. We're not spending money on certain things. There was a time, this is not the case anymore, but there was a time that I didn't pay for toilet paper for a year, maybe back in 2009, I think it was because there was always a coupon out and this one particular brand always went on sale for a dollar in my, or not always, regularly went on sale for a dollar and I would use the coupon and I would get free toilet paper for a year that went on. (laughs) So. Okay, so um, we're not gonna go all the way down this road because but it sounds very interesting <laughs> to me. Um, toilet paper free for a year, not spending on toothpaste and all that stuff. If they want to know more about that, they gotta go to five dollar dinners dot com. Yes, that's a whole different topic. A whole right? different topic. <laughs> so um, let let's talk about blogging because you've been blogging. You've said for six and a half years. I think that's right. Yep. Uh, okay, and how how did you how did you get into blogging? Um, I actually um, started our, we had two family blogs. Um, One, I don't even know that it exists anymore. One was an actual, not, I wouldn't call it a live, live birth, like, you know, Claire Diaz from Twitter live tweeted her, her daughter's (laughs) birth, right? It wasn't like that, but we Uh were putting out updates on our blog every hour or so when I was in labor with our second son. Um, so that was pretty like edgy back then. So that would have been in 2007, May of 2007, he was born. So that, I mean, we knew, I knew about blogs. I knew they were out there. I always, I had it. And then when our older son had some um, speech delays, I, I had a speech therapy blog where I would share what we were doing in therapy, what we were learning, and then just pictures of the kids just for our family because we lived um, in a different state from our immediate family. So uh-huh. I was I was familiar with blogging and I knew there were some, you know, quote, 
quote powerhouse bloggers out there. I had I read a few blogs and I kind of knew who was who. And um, and back then there weren't many blogs. There weren't many people who had yeah. kind of risen to the top of blogging per se. And so I started sharing in the summer of 2008 when the gas prices shot up. I started sharing on my family blog um, about how I was making this meal and it only cost me $3.85 to make these pork chops with these peaches and some rice. And I was kind of doing the breakdowns with my husband and I was saying, oh, look, I got all this food from Kroger for $48 or whatever. And it was enough for the week for us. Um, And I started sharing this on our family blog and my sister who lived out of state said, I really just could care less what you're buying at the grocery store. I just want to see pictures of the kids. (laughs) So fair enough. I was, you know, I had been doing these price breakdowns with my husband and I was doing the dishes one night and kind of like a, a news ticker on the on a news on a news channel comes across or on ESPN, the ticker is going constantly with the latest news. I kind of like had this like mental ticker of five dollar dinners, the phrase popped into my head and I thought, huh, I wonder how many of these five dollar meals I could do. Um so I immediately stopped the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> ran over to the computer and did some Google searching because I knew enough to know that you can't copy people, yeah. right? Um, and nobody was doing, I think I found one that was like cheapfastrecipes.blogspot.com or something like that. There just wasn't much out there. Food blogs were n- more or less non-existent. I mean, there were a handful. There were, there were a couple of early early players in the food blog space. And so I just jumped right in and started sharing um, exactly what we were making, exactly how much it cost me to make it, um, sometimes with a picture, sometimes without a picture. Um, and we obviously know that now you need great photographs to, you know, be successful in the food blogging space. So so I want to know what's going on in your mind at this time, because are you thinking about this as, OK, I'm going to start this five dollar dinners and eventually it's going to be, you know, supporting my family. It's going to be a business or are you just kind of doing it for fun? No, I was absolutely doing it for um fun. I had no idea you could even make money with a website when I started. I thought I knew about Google AdSense because I had seen it at some point, either in an article or on maybe like the blogger featured article. I don't even know where I saw anything about that. Um, And then I think it was about a month in, I had about probably about a thousand visitors a day on the site in the first, within the first month, which is a lot. Um, it's a bit, that's a quick start. And somebody said, you need to get on the blog. No, no, no. I read on a friend's blog about a month later, how she made enough money from the blog, her ad network to pay for her groceries that month. And I thought, well, that's crazy. I thought you only made like 10 cents a month with AdSense, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I applied for the Blogger Network and they were impressed with, you know, the, the quick startup of it. So they accepted me right away, given my, you know, traffic, which, you know, at that time seemed like a lot, but is now doesn't seem like much at all um, to me. <laughs> it's all about perspective, right? And so anyways, I think, I think that first month that I had the ads running, I, I actually forgot to check my um, – I, I didn't even really think about checking, you know, the dashboard to see yeah. what the revenue was. And I think the first month I made like $235. No. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, what is <laughs> going on up. here? So then I, I quickly figured out that, yes, you can make money doing this. I wasn't trying – I mean, I was trying – 
my goal has always been to get the message out there, to, yeah. to help people, to, sh- to share this concept with people, to show them that this is possible, I'm doing it. You know, that's always been my goal. And I think that because of that, it's been just a natural growth, um, that kind of organic growth. And so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, there are a number of things that I did. I did a lot of link parties. Um, I collaborated with other bloggers. I did some guest articles and all of that. Um, sorry, I have my dog here. <laughs> no problem. He wants to say hi. Um, Hello, doggy. And so I think that that's, but the, my, my intention and, and goal of just really helping people and the concept and that, you know, people quickly transitioned from, oh my gosh, this lady is insane to, oh, this is actually possible. Yeah. Um, that I think is also what helped fuel the early growth as well. And, so, and are you were you like a a business person before this, or is this whole entrepreneur thing no. um, new to you <laughs> at that time? Yeah, brand new. I have no. I mean, I think you know my mom and or dad now will say, yeah, you've kind of always had a knack for for seeing you know the need, you know, seeing where there's a gap and and filling that need. And no, I I was not. I haven't been. I think I've learned a lot by trial by fire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I, I have no business background. I've learned a lot about marketing and <laughs> business since starting. I actually have a degree in biology. I wanted to be oh, a I hey. to medical school. I know, I know you and I could speak each other's language. I actually, I just graduated the biology degree and I was going to go to medical school, but I was working in the hospital just to get some experience uh-huh. and take a year off and before I applied. And I had two dirty needle sticks and a positive tuberculosis test within a four-week time period. Oh, wow. So I decided that I, sh- I didn't belong in a hospital <laughs> and I should pursue something else. So I ended up leaving the country to teach um, in the Dominican Republic, um, which is where I met my husband. Um, he is from Ohio, but we met there. Uh-huh. And my older son was born there. And then we moved back to the U.S. And shortly after that is when I started the blog. So... Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. And there's so much that we could talk about in terms of how you grew your blog and all that stuff. But that that will have to be a topic for another interview or something of that sort. I want to talk about systems because that's something that you are you're kind of known for. You're, the people in your circles um, know that you are very much into systems. Um, and I think that's important for building a blog. So what I want to talk a little bit about is how do you even where do you start? You know, I'm a blogger. I I have determined that I want to do this as a business. Where do I start with setting up the right kind of system so that I can make sure that my blog is on, on target for growth? You know what? I think the first system you need to put in place is a support system. Mm. So if you're, if you're wanting to, you know, blog to, to make money or you're starting down or maybe you're six months in or even a year in, you've got to have a support system. So for me, my support system is my husband. Mm-hmm. He is and always has been 1000% on board with this with me, even before, um, before we started. But, you know, I mentioned back when the, the gas prices were shooting up in 2008 and we literally had no money. He had a long commute to work. Our gas bill quadrupled you know, I, that's why I started reducing our grocery costs uh-huh. because of that. We literally went from saving a little bit each month. He's a teacher, so uh-huh. teacher salaries yeah. do that math, right? Um, we went from saving a little bit of money each month to basically hitting it every month, you know, tr- trying not to go in the red. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, it was 
you know, we, I had to spend $10 to buy the domain name, $5generous.com, right? And that yeah. was like a stretch to do. But all that to say, he was supportive of that decision. And <laughs> what an investment that's been, right? Um, <laughs> that's had a good ROI. Definitely. And so anyways, he... And he now, um, he still works, he works with me on the business. He still works, you know, out his regular job. And then he works and does all of my bookkeeping and accounting for me, which is fantastic to have, you know, I don't have to worry about those numbers every, every month and, and filling out tax forms every quarter. So that I think, you know, having your spouse or partner on board is absolutely essential. Um, and then I would say, um, the next one would be as soon as you have made enough money to cover your costs, hosting, email service, whatever they may be, I would as quickly as you can make the decision to have somebody help you, um, have an assistant. And I know I know you're good friends with Chris Ducker and, mm-hmm. and his whole program is fantastic. I am 1000% on board with those concepts and those programs, right? Because you can get so much more done <laughs> when you don't have to worry about this other little thing over here that nags you every week that maybe you don't like to do or you don't want to do. But you need to do it because it's an essential part of your business. If you can delegate that to somebody, um, I say delegate as early on as possible because that will give you time to free up time for you to pursue, you know, work on other projects, mm-hmm. maybe that are more crucial to the monetization plan for your business. Um, I I don't think I was certainly wasn't the first one to bring on a virtual assistant, um, but it, it's been four and a half years. Five? I don't even remember. I'd have to ask Jed. Um, it's been a long time, um, and sh- she is so integral um, to my business, and as is the um, the tech team that I work with. Because I can't do any of that if if you ask me to go into some. CSS or <laughs> my SQL. I don't even know how just, you say these things. Just I would the way blow you said it. Up, just the right? way you said it. It sounded like a disease. <laughs> it does. It does. I would totally blow my blog up. So having that tech support is essential. I, you know, I could spend three hours trying to figure out how to code this one little thing, or I could just email Chris and say, "Hey, can you help me with this?" Because he could have it done in ten minutes. Okay, right? so so <laughs> when you started, so, when you um, first started doing this, you got your first VA. What kind of things did you have that person do? So I have always had Jen help me with um, some with my email. She has full access to my email. It is an open book. My email. <laughs> okay. Um, I have always used one email address. We both are in there for certain things. Um, so at first she would do the coupon posts because that I, I do them twice a week. I always have done them twice a week. That is not something that I, Aaron Chase, had to do to make the business work. Um, that is something that she could have done for me. I gave her a very simple training Um and said, here's, and we've even changed it. She's changed it a number mm-hmm. of times over the years. She's very invested in the business. That's an important thing to look for an assistant. Uh-huh. Somebody, she'll come to me and, and, and offer different ideas or solutions to things that aren't working or are working. Um, so that's definitely an important char- characteristic. But um, so I, Aaron Chase did not need to be doing the coupon posts that we post every week. It's going into my dashboard on the coup- on the coupon website, pulling the code, putting it into a blog post, publishing it, and socializing it. Okay. That is not something that I need to do to grow this business. Um, and some, but it is a part. You know, I earn affiliate revenue on the coupons, and that affiliate revenue is more than enough to pay um, Jen to 
help me with that. Um, She does now she does some things um, that are a little bit more integrate, a little bit of uh, different, I don't know, higher level than that, maybe. Um, she does some emailing for me, some outreach, some responding um, to emails. She does the email newsletter recap that goes out every week, which is also a blog post on the site. But she designed and developed the whole thing. I just said, this is what I want. Um, and she, you know, put it together and made it happen. And she does the, so she de- designed the template for it. And then she does the, content for it on a weekly basis. It's basically a recap of everything from the site that week. And then it goes out in the weekly email newsletter. Gotcha. So she's done a lot of different things for me. It's kind of evolved, but it's always comes down to is, you know, for me, the part that I love and what I want to do are the recipes and the photography and that, and the stories about what's happening in our family that go with the recipes. Yeah. Um, that's something that I have to do and I want to do. And I do have two recipe contributors for certain styles. I have a vegetarian recipe contributor and I have, um, somebody who helps me with different breakfasts and lunches and snacks sort of me, uh, and desserts, I guess. Gotcha. Um, cause I'm focused on the dinners. And so that kind of rounds out our <laughs> repertoire and database, I suppose. So that's, um, yeah, that's. Okay. So the first thing. Most of my team at this point. (laughs) Okay. So first thing you do, well, first thing you want to make sure is that you have a support system. In your case, that's your husband. Um, Then you want to make sure that, well, it's your opinion that as soon as you can, outsource. Um, If you're covering your bills, then it's time to do it. Not, you don't have to be making a significant amount of money, but once you're making enough to start outsourcing, you should do it. Yes, I, I, that's a risky statement to, to make, I think. I think a, a lot of people would disagree with that. But I think it's good to do because you can make more money if you're not spending an hour a week doing these other little three or four little things that you don't have to be doing. You could spend that three hours a week paying somebody 50 bucks. Yeah. And in turn, in three weeks, you've created a product and you've made $500. Nice. But you wouldn't have made that $500 with this new product that you were able to create if you had spent that four hours of time that month doing these admin, admin type things that could easily have been delegated to somebody else. Got it. Love it. I know I would not be doing all the stuff that I'm doing today if I didn't have really good help. So I, I am definitely on board with that. Um, where do we go next? We, we've, we have our support system. We, we are um, outsourcing. We have a virtual assistant uh, so that we don't have to do a bunch of those things that we don't absolutely have to do. What else? Get off of Facebook. No, not off of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> not Facebook. I, you know, I think there's a time and a place for Facebook. Um, and you just got to be careful. Um, when I say get off Facebook, I mean, sorry, we're having a little mutiny here. No, you're I'm gonna fine. Let, I'm going to let the dog outside. Um, I mean, don't sit there and just scroll through your newsfeed mindlessly. That's what I mean by that. Um, I don't know if you're guilty of that, but I can be guilty of that, certainly. Well, you know, um, well funny story right now, actually. Now that I'm, um, uh, I do have that problem. I, I, Leslie Samuel, have that problem. So <laughs> right now, I have this program installed in my computer um, called Self Control. And if I were to try to go to Facebook right now, it would act as if Facebook doesn't even exist. And there's absolutely nothing that I can do 
to reverse it for the time limit that I've set. So I definitely know that Facebook can be a time waster. So I had to take practical steps so that I don't waste that time. You know what? You are on the money, sir. I might even have to install that myself. I don't usually have trouble with it on my desktop computer because I usually have, you know, 18 other tabs open of projects I need to be working on. Yeah. But I have deleted the Facebook app from my phone. <laughs> That's where it happens. You know, you wake up and you're like, oh, got to check my email. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Delete about 20 emails from that came in overnight that you don't necessarily need to do anything with. And then you get on Instagram and you scroll, <laughs> see what people were doing overnight. That's dumb too. Get off of Instagram, <laughs> um, which is hard because part of what we do, there's a, I guess I should say there's a very fine balance yeah. to what I'm saying here because part of what we do is we are social media gurus. We're experts. We socialize online, which is fantastic. It's great. Um, also have some, in, you know, in IRL people, right? <laughs> which I do. Um, Wait, what, 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 are, what are IRL people? In real life, in oh, real gotcha. life people. There you go. Um, <laughs> have your in real life friends. Don't just be completely online because that's a little bit dangerous, I think. Um, maybe unhealthy. Well, that's another story for another day. But <laughs> another interview. <laughs> you're, you're wasting a whole lot of time yeah. um, when you scroll. If you want to get on Instagram to look for something, if you're studying hashtags because you want to get more aggressive with your Instagram campaign, if you're studying how a certain user posts recipes, um, then go on their account and just look on their account. Don't just mindlessly scroll unless you need a break. There is a time for that. Come Saturday yeah. night. Sure, I might mindlessly scroll. I'm not working. This is not a work block for me. Um, I might just want to see what people are up to, right? Or go comment on a couple of people's things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about during the week when you're supposed to be working, when my nanny is here during the week, I'm not on Facebook. I am not scrolling through Instagram. I am working because I only have so much time that she's here that I get un- uninterrupted, Um to work mm-hmm. and to hustle, right? Gotcha. You can't hustle when you're scrolling through your Facebook newsfeed for 45 minutes at a time. I am so glad we had this interview because that reinforces stuff that I've been thinking a lot recently. Um, so good stuff. Get off Facebook, Instagram, and all that kind of stuff while you're supposed to be working. There's a time and place for everything, and right now is not that time. Sweet. What next? Okay, so next I think is going to be, I, I mentioned it a minute ago, Work blocks. Um, set up for yourself uninterrupted time. So I have four kids now. I had two kids when we started. My husband works full time outside the home. Um, much of the what I have, most of what I have done um, in growing five dollar dinners to where it is now, uh, I did on my own um, with the kids underfoot. Yeah. <laughs> but. I, my work blocks have changed significantly over the years. So it used to be that I would work from 8 p.m. to midnight every day. Oh, wow. um, Because I couldn't get a lot done. And, you know, I would go shopping and I would do all that stuff. Like normal during the day, I would take my pictures of my grocery shopping trip and I would make food. Like, I don't consider that, that's not really work time, although it was technically work for the website. Yeah. Um, But when I need to work block, when you sit down at the computer and you are, you are in it to win it, right? Yeah. You are digging in, you're working on a project, you have something that's, you know, I, I am a big fan of the eat that frog principle. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar. It's a yep. great book about uh, time management productivity where the one thing that's been on your list that you just can't do, it, it 
goes from your list from day to day to day, week to week to week. Do it first, uh-huh. and then you'll ride that sort of like, yeah, I got that done, adrenaline high, um, and get a whole bunch of other and knock out a whole bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. during your work block. Um, that's one of my things. So, but work blocks are really essential where you know you have two, three, four, six, however many hours you need in your week to pound out everything that you have on your task list, whether it's building out your website or planning your content for the next quarter or producing the content, editing photos. In my case, I do those in batches generally. Um, You know, plan your work blocks and then fill in, and this takes a little bit of time and practice, fill in how much you think you can do in that work block. And then you'll be surprised to over over doing that a couple of weeks. You'll you'll see quickly how okay I put too much into that work block, or this didn't take me near as long as I thought it would to to do. And generally, that's the frog, right? Mm-hmm. I my current frog is um, I need to build out a PowerPoint. <laughs> I just don't want to do it, <laughs> so I keep putting it off. And I know it's not going to take me near as long as I think it's going to take me to do. It's just the, the it's I got to get over that mental barrier and just do it. And then um, it'll probably only take me an hour. Where in my head, I think it's going to take me eight hours because I can do PowerPoint pretty efficiently, but it's not my favorite program to work in. <laughs> so, 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 are you saying that you generally like since you started to now, you generally spend maybe about four hours a day working on your blog? Um, no. Okay. I I would say I started maybe two or three hours a day for the first couple of years. And now I do a number of other things. I have so many projects going on that I probably work about five or six hours a day. And that includes some consulting um, that I do and the blog and then our digital collab event that we'll do in September. So that's my main, my main project load right now. And I, it depends on the day. I don't work as much on Tuesdays and Thursdays as I do on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And a lot of times on Friday, I'm just giving up for the week and I won't do very much at all but, or but, I'll catch up on TV shows. But generally where I'm, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> generally where I'm going with this is you're not spending like nine hours in a day um, working on your business. No, okay. I don't have that much time to spend on my day in my day I have four kids (laughs) okay and can you give can you give us for those that are listening can you give them an idea of where your blog is right now in terms of visitors or whatever you're comfortable um, disclosing sure so I um, right now five dollar dinner sees between a million and a million and a half visitors a month Um, oh I I wasn't expecting those kind of numbers (laughs) that's awesome oh yeah no it's (laughs) It's big, mostly thanks to Pinterest and the growth in Pinterest, and we have a pretty aggressive Pinterest strategy as well. So that is, um, yeah, those are my numbers. We have 225,000 Facebook fans, and um, yeah, it's, wow. it's a lot of people to, to get to connect with, which is amazing. Um, but I, so my work blocks right at present, my work blocks are this, um, 9 to, well, maybe 8.30, 8.30, we'll say 8.30. 8.30 to 12 on Mondays. And sometimes I can extend that into maybe 1 or one thirty if the baby takes a good nap. Um, Tuesdays is 9 to noon. and No, I'm sorry, 9 to 2. Wednesdays is 10 to 2. Thursdays is 9 to 2-ish. I mean, I have to leave a little bit early, whatever. Uh-huh. And then Fridays is... 10 to 2-ish. It, I mean, it's kind of, it, it kind of is. So that's about four to five hours, five, 
five, five hour work blocks. So I, I try to keep it to 25 hours a week. I will on occasion answer emails in the evening, uh, mostly for my consulting position. If something comes through or somebody needs something for the next day, I, I might do that in the evening, but I try not to work at night, maybe for a product launch. If we're, we're launching yeah. a meal plan, I might need to do some work in the evening where, and, and I, I, I can be very productive in the evening. Um, so if I'm having, if I have an energetic <laughs> evening or I, I'm, I'm feeling up for it, then I might, you know, put in an hour or two, um, right before product launch or something like that in the evening. But I try to work for the most part during the day. Cause I need to shut it off. I need to, you know, once I get my kids from school, I need to shut that off and be with them doing homework, reading, basketball practice, you know, all the different things that we yeah. do as moms, I need to be able to, to do that. So I think that's why I'm such a big fan of the work blocks, um, that I get every week. Okay. So, so, so I think that's a huge, I mean, what you've been able to accomplish is a huge testament to the systems that you've implemented. And I want to, since these work blocks are so crucial, I want to talk a little more about how you structure those work blocks. Let's say I'm working from eight to 12, whether that's in the morning or in the evening, whatever the case might be. Um, do you say, do you say beforehand, this is that frog that I have to eat? This is the, that big frog. So I'm going to spend the first two hours or the first three hours working just on that. And then the last hour doing something else. Or do you just start with the hard project, get it done and then move on? How do you structure that? Okay, so the, actually the first thing I do is email. Okay. Um, because I am of the personality, and I actually learned this about myself in my entrepreneur life, I guess, uh-huh. um, when I was writing cookbooks. My three cookbooks were published a number of years back. And when I would write them, my house needed to be pretty clean, like decluttered clean. And we're uh-huh. not super, like we're pretty, we're not minimalistic by any 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 degree, but yeah. I'm also not a clutter bug. I don't like clutter. And so I would... I found myself, I would sit down, start working on the cookbook manuscript, and I would be like, oh, shoot, I need to go and clean up this. Yeah. And I couldn't work, if that makes sense. I couldn't get focused. So I'd go quickly, you know, put the towels from the bathroom that were piled on the floor into the laundry or whatever the silly little thing was that kind of nagged at me. So translate that to... I'm, I'm much better about that now. I, I tend to overlook the the physical clutter mess. Yeah. But if I know there are six emails in my inbox that I could answer very quickly to keep a conversation going or to let Jen know I need this or, hey, Chris, I need a new category um, tag for my store page or whatever it may be, I'll quickly answer a couple of emails um, and then I'll move into the frog and then into the other tasks I need to do for that week. Um, I also have certain tasks that I do on certain days um, for the $5 meal plan that we have. I do that every Wednesday morning. That's just what I do Wednesday mornings. (laughs) I do those. I, I, I final edit those files on Wednesday mornings and get those delivered so that we aren't pushing on a tight, de- a tight, tight deadline on fr- when we deliver them on Friday to our, to our um, subscribers. So there are certain things I do in certain work blocks. Um, other work blocks I keep kind of open for if stuff, something comes up. Um, we had something come up. We switched to JavaScript to short code and I need to get all the short codes updated. I will probably do that on Thursday. So I kind of slot things that aren't urgent into work blocks based on what other things I generally do those days. Um, but the very first thing I do is answer emails because I don't want that. Oh, I need to respond to so-and-so 
in my head when I go to dig into the project or the frog that I need to start with. And do you attack that frog until it's done or until it reaches a specific point or for a specific period of time? I think it's, it depends on the project. So we're launching our seventh meal plan and our 20 meals from 150 series mm-hmm. um, in March. And so we, I am what, three weeks out from launch, I think, and I need to get the printables um, delivered for to get them made up today, uh, today, I think. So I worked on them about two hours yesterday, but I didn't finish them. Um, but I worked on them for two hours yesterday. So I probably have another hour left to work on them today and then I should be good to deliver them. So I think it depends. There are other things that, nope, I have to get this. This is a deadline. I have to get this project done today. And so I will work until it's completed. Um, so I guess that's hard to answer because it yeah. depends. It could be that, nope, I've got four hours and I'm going to just see. I don't have a frog, but I'm just going to see how much I can knock off of my to-do list. Gotcha. Okay, so we, we've covered a whole lot of stuff. And I think just with that, I mean, that's enough value. Are there any other things that uh, we can't end this interview un- unless you say it because that can really help someone? Yes, there's one more thing I wanted to okay, share. Go. So uh, it'll be quick. So there's generally when you when you start working on something, you'll and this maybe this is my personality. I don't know, or maybe you experience this too, where you're like, "Gosh, this is taking a while," or "Gosh, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be," yeah. or "Gosh, this is how can I solve this problem or this little blip in my you know productivity um, flow, uh-huh. right?" And there's generally something out there to solve that blip. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the self-control uh-huh. app for Facebook, perfect example. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm spending so much time scrolling through my Facebook newsfeed or on Instagram or whatever. Install that. There are so many of those. There's Chrome extensions, there's plugins, there's so many things that you can that are out there, you might not know they're out there. So ask, you know, you know, if there's, oh gosh, this is not the easiest way for me to do this. Set up temp post templates on the backside of your blog. If you have a regular post, I have like 80 oh, wow. <laughs> post templates that we use. And that makes it so easy for me to do a recipe. I copy and paste the, the post template into my, into my, you know, current post that I'm editing. I add the photo quickly. I can add the content and I can, I can have a recipe post done in 20 minutes. Um, so figure out what's blocking your flow and your productivity or where you're getting stuck and then find some sort of a solution. I don't, there are so many different products and, and services out there for this type of thing. So it really depends on what that sort of blip is or what that roadblock is that you're running into. So ask around, hey, this is my struggle. Does anybody know something that can help me with this? You'd be shocked at (laughs) the different resources that are out there to help you be more efficient with your work time and set up systems that are going to work for you and help you. And are there a few that maybe come to mind? I know post templates you just said, and that's great. That's fantastic. I need to do some of that myself. Are there any other little ones that might just come to mind that you think could be of help to someone listening to this interview right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, you know, for me, it's a lot of uh, this. My systems have to do with my team now. Uh-huh. So it's we do a lot within Google Docs. Um, yes. We when we're doing a 31 day series, it's all in a Google Doc. I put it in there, and Jen pulls it out of there and puts it on the site. Uh-huh. Um, so I just have to. It's a, it's one touch point for me, and then it's then it's done because she takes care of the rest of the posting. Um, some people, if you have a team that's big enough, you might want to use Basecamp. Um, there's another one I can't remember the name of it now. It's just flying out of my head. Uh-huh. Um, so those types of kind of project management type softwares, if you're working with a number of people on your team, those can be really helpful and effective um, 
for, you know, working with people. For me, this frog I need to do, this PowerPoint, I'm just going to go find a template (laughs) that looks pretty, that has sort of the right colors in the PowerPoint template store. And then from there, I'll just plug it all in. I I don't have time to design anything. I'm just going to go with a template and and plug in the content, right? So um, I know what my system's going to be. I just have to sit down and do it. Um, Yeah. So that's perfect. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that are out there that I'm not thinking of. Um, You know, maybe it's using the cozy... Um, COZI um, family planner calendar. If your 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 schedule your family schedule's out of control, um, pulling all that in there. Um, maybe it's using Pinterest for your meal planning. Like, there's a lot of different things that you could do. It doesn't this you know these these products and services are out there for lots of areas of your life, not just your your business. So whatever it is that you're struggling with, um, that would make you more productive in your business, find a solution that's going to help you know, that's going to work for you. Awesome. Love it. Um, uh, be- before we end, I know we spoke about $5 dinners and what you do there. And anybody want to check it out, go to $5dinners.com. Talk a little bit about Digital Collab. Yeah. So Digital Collab is an event that I co-host with two of my um, blogger friends and business partners. We are going to be in Charlotte in September this year. And it is just, it, we talk a lot about what we've just talked about, different services, different products. Um, we have great partners who come to our event that are actually there to help bloggers um, with their business. We do, um, I think this year we're going to do a lot more mentoring and mm-hmm. masterminding and workshopping. There's some branding activities we might be doing. Um, and we will have one or two keynotes Maybe <laughs> we have a we have a day and a half, but we're going to pack in as much time. But we the goal is to dig in with you on your business and help you so that you walk away, you know, inspired. You know what project you the project you've been kind of putting off. You're either you've made a decision to pursue it or not. Um, to really help you evaluate where you are with your business and how you can continue to grow it and continue to earn more money and more money and more money. Awesome. And I've been to the last, wait, is it two or one that you guys had? Two. Okay, two. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke at the last two and they were great. I enjoyed them. One of the things that I really love is that um, the speakers are there, but you get to actually like make appointments with um, different mentors and ask specific questions, kind of one-on-one questions and work through the specific problems that you're dealing with. And I assume that's something that you guys are continuing to do. Yep. We'll be doing our mentoring, our small groups again. And that has, has always been um, one of the most popular and favorite um, parts of the event. And we're definitely planning on doing that. We're also planning on some like Shark Tank style site reviews Ooh. that you can, I, I don't know how many we'll do. We'll do as many as we can in an hour, but that's going to be a powerful exercise for everybody in the room, not just for the people who are having their sites analyzed, because I think that you will learn a lot by what other people are doing or not doing well. So definitely. I love that. Sweet. And you can check them out. It's digital collab, of course, links to that and everything else that we spoke about. We spoke about a lot, Aaron, man. Um, <laughs> all that stuff is going to be linked in the show notes. If you come to becomeablogger.com slash episode 204, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on here and just providing all that value. You are so welcome. Thank you again for having me on. Not a problem. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that. You want to check out what she has going on? Go to $5dinners.com. Um, links to that and everything else is going to be in the show notes. And also check out Digital Collab. Um, and just lots of great stuff. 
um, going on there, digitalcollab.com, and you can find that also in the show notes. Hope you found a lot of value from this interview. I know I did. I might even have to delete a, 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 a certain app from my phone. <laughs> but hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would appreciate it if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave a review. That's becomeablogger.com slash iTunes. And of course, there's my free course at freebloggingvideos.com. If you're trying to get a, a blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and change the world while building your online business. That's freebloggingvideos.com. It's free, actionable, and I think it's kind of awesome. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, this is Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. 888-835-2414.